0: Save time and money versus going to a shop
1: by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curve.
0: Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 143 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle. Great to have you with us. For this edition of the podcast, we have a lot coming away on this week's edition. We're going to have a long and lengthy conversation with Tom Flanagan, the Brewer's Farm Director, to talk to him about what the new facilities at American Family Fields of Phoenix have done on the minor league side for operations and organization and player development and everything else, and a little bit about getting closer to games starting in just a couple of days on the minor league side, everybody is in camp now. So we'll talk to Tom Plannigan about that coming up. We're also going to talk to a guy that figures to start the year in AAA, but is going to be on the radar to potentially contribute to the 2019 club, and that is Brewers' top prospect, Keston Hero. So that should be an exciting conversation. Keston's always a really fun conversation. He's a fun interview, and we'll get a chance to go in-depth with him. A little bit about his approach at the plate and his development, what he feels like he has left to prove to himself before he is major league ready. So uh, a couple of really good interviews coming away, but uh, a lot of news and notes to pass along to you, and by far the most significant one from this past week in Cactus League play in Brewers Spring Training is Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy Nelson had spent over a year and a half without being on the mound in a Brewer's uniform. You'll remember in September of 2017, he actually hits a ball off the ivy at Wrigley Field, rounding first, then slides back into first. Didn't think everything was okay when he first got up and turned out to be right, that torn labrum long recovery back he was hoping to get back by the end of the year last year it wasn't in the cards for him this year had a little bit of setback at the beginning of camp it's been a frustrating stretch for jimmy nelson but he's continued to work hard the entire time and he finally got back up on the mound in a game situation on monday his first cactus league appearance of the 2019 spring after ha- having pitched the week before in an inner squad throwing the live hitters before that finally got up on the mound in a Brewer's uniform in a Cactus League game, and it was a cool moment. Every single Brewer came into the dugout. They were all up on the top steps, supporting their teammate, who they knew had gone through so much just to even get him to that point. And at that point, the results were really secondary. It was about Jimmy Nelson doing what he loves to do again, and it was really neat to see. Jimmy himself from a performance standpoint, looked okay. The results weren't great. He gave up a home run, a few singles, and a couple of runs when it was all said and done. But if you just focused on the stuff, the stuff looked like Major League Baseball stuff. It looked like stuff that's going to get Major League hitters out. And it did. He struck out the side in the process. Fastball. 91, 92, even hit 94 one time, which was very good to see. And I think as Jimmy continues to get himself back, you're going to see that velocity increase again. And he'll get back to the fours, fives, and the occasional sixes that we used to see from Jimmy Nelson and his fastball. The slider looked very good. It looked like the old Jimmy Nelson breaking ball. That was encouraging. I think Jimmy Nelson has it in him. I think he's going to be able to get himself back. I don't think it's going to be by opening day. Don't even know how much of an impact he's going to have in the month of April. But I think at some point in 2019, Jimmy Nelson will force his way into the Brewers rotation. And that is good news for Milwaukee Brewers fans. Craig Council said on Tuesday that Nelson recovered well from that outing. It was just one inning. He said everything looked fine coming back the next day, and he responded well to it. That's another really good step in the right direction for Jimmy Nelson. However, Craig Council also said he's probably not going to be on the opening day roster. There's more left here. We're going to take it slow with him. He's only going to pitch every five days as we build him up and get him ready to go. But at some point this year, barring any kind of setback that would be unforeseen at this part, Jimmy Nelson looks like he's going to contribute to the 2019 club. And that is a big deal for the Brewers, because remember, this was an ace in 2017. This was a one or a two in your rotation in 2017, the Brewers would love to welcome somebody like that back into the mix. Other news and notes, the other kind of setback is Jeremy Jeffress. Remember last week, he was on the mound making his debut for the spring, and the velocity was down. Just wasn't there, and as a result... Craig Council went out and got him after just two two pitches and took him out of the contest. Jeffress was shut down for a little bit. He's starting to play catch again. Probably going to be able to get back on a mound relatively soon. Nothing serious is wrong with him. Nothing structurally that anybody knows about is really wrong with him. But the Brewers want to be cautious. Jeremy Jeffress, too valuable. He's one of the best relievers in baseball last year. You don't want to force things, have him get hurt in April, And then you don't have him for the rest of the season. That would be a bad way to play it. So the Brewers are going to be very cautious. They're going to take it slow with Jeremy Jeffress. And Craig Council saying he could still be on the opening day roster, but he thinks it's more likely that he's not than he is. Just because of the timetable that the Brewers are going to set, along with Jeremy Jeffress, to make sure that they are Conservative with their approach to getting him back on the mound. Nothing I I think that you should be concerned about long term, Jeremy Jeffress. Nothing that should be overly concerning. It's just hard when you have a talent like that to allow your mind to be patient on getting him back onto the mound, but the Brewers will do what's right there. You can count on that. Let's take a look real quick at just the arms in the conversation for the Brewers roster. And remember, last year the Brewers used 53 guys. Over the course of the season, on that 25 man, 53 guys. That's more than double of the opening day roster. So you know there's going to be a lot of up and down. There's probably names that I'm going to roll off that I'm not going to roll off here in a second that will have an impact on this team. I mean, we know that that will happen too. But in terms of the guys that are in camp, that uh, I, I think are 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 unique. They're interesting. They deserve a good look. Some of these guys are really obvious ones that you don't need me to talk about a lot. But then there's a few other names that I'm going to be curious to see where they end up, uh, what they end up doing, and if they are able to stay in the Brewers organization as some depth for the crew. Um, Those are some of the things I'm going to be interested in. So I, I started with the rotation. And I've been telling people, the Brewers have really seven or eight guys that they could feel comfortable with in their rotation. Now, Junior Guerra is going to move to the bullpen, so that kind of takes one guy out, and you're you're, you're at seven. Jimmy Nelson's another one of those names, and he's not going to be ready for opening day, so you kind of move him out. And what that leaves you with are the three young arms, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, and these three young arms I've been impressed with this spring. I'm going to start with Peralta, because of those three coming into camp, I probably would have given Freddie Peralta the least chance of those three at earning a job in the rotation. And Freddie Peralta's made two appearances so far this spring. Brewers being careful with both him and Brandon Woodruff, but he's made two appearances this spring. He's thrown four innings. He has yet to give up a hit, and he struck out three. So Freddie Peralta's still being stretched out a little bit, and I don't know if he's going to be in the opening day rotation. I don't know exactly how the Brewers are going to work all of this. But I think beyond just, hey, he's getting guys out in spring training, which is always nice, but it's not an end-all, be-all, the thing about Freddy Peralta that stands out to me is what his stuff looked like. He was hitting 94 on the gun in his last appearance. Freddy Peralta wasn't doing that a year ago at the major league level for the Brewers. You were looking at 89, 90, 91, maybe occasional 92, maybe once in a while in 93. But he was sitting 94 with an occasional 95. The stuff was playing up. And it looked really good. And if he can continue with that, and of course, there's a difference between doing that for a couple of innings and stretching it out over six. So it remains to be seen whether or not he can do that for six innings. But boy, uh, he's, a, he's tough to handle when that fastball's sitting in the mid-90s. So uh, Freddie Peralta has been really impressive, even though he's only made a couple of appearances so far this spring. Brandon Woodruff uh, has also pitched well, uh, four innings, two appearances, and uh, he's given up just one hit. So Brandon Woodruff's been pretty pretty impressive himself over the course of this spring. And then the third youngster who seems to maybe be the most solidified in the rotation. I, I would be surprised if Corbin Burns isn't a part of the Brewers opening day rotation. The 24-year-old has made four appearances now. He's been stretched out uh, nine and a third innings. He has given up seven earned runs and a couple of home runs. He's been tinkering with a sinker a little bit. He's trying to get that changeup going a little bit. Uh, but again, the stuff's looked good. Uh, when we saw him in Scottsdale at Talking Stick against a really good Rockies lineup, Nolan Arnato and guys like that last Tuesday. I talked about this in the podcast last week. Um, it, it, the slider was really good, had a lot of bite to it. He was getting guys like Nolan Arenado to chase out of the zone, which is usually a pretty good sign. Then the veteran guys in the rotation, you're looking at Yoli Shasin, who looks like the the anchor of this rotation right now after the, the workhorse year that he had a year ago, eating innings and being reliable and dependable. Um, it looks like Yoli Shasin's going to head up the top of this rotation. And then Zach Davies, who I think uh, has looked good over the course of this spring, got into a little trouble on Tuesday night over in Scottsdale against the Giants in his last inning. But otherwise, he's been crisp. He's had good command. Uh, the change has have been good. The curveball's been good. And I think Zach Davies is going to bounced back from an injury-riddled 2018. Chase Anderson uh, has had his good moments. He's also given up some home runs so far this spring, but Chase continues to battle for a part of that rotation. And then, of course, we already mentioned Nelson, who's not going to be ready by opening day, but I think by the end of the year is going to factor into that. Then you look at the bullpen. Well, we know Corey Knable, Josh Hader, and when healthy, Jeremy Jeffress. That's going to be the three-headed monster at the back of the Brewers' bullpen. We know that. The other arms that I think that, that are... A handful of them are going to be a part of it. Alex Claudio, Matt Albers, Junior Guerra, Jacob Barnes. And then the other names that I think are going to be really interesting, Adrian Hauser, who's pitched really well so far this spring. Uh, Taylor Williams, who was a big part of the team a year ago. Big time stuff. Uh, I think Taylor Williams clearly is going to be at the major league level this year. Is, Is he on the opening day roster? Perhaps. I think he's got a good shot to be on the opening day roster. Um, did not make the opening day roster last year, but was up for the majority of the season. And then some of the non-roster invites that I think are going to be interesting. Jake Petrichka, I've been impressed with so far this spring. I think his stuff would play well at Miller Park. Jay Jackson uh, has had a couple of really good years over in Japan, and I, I've been impressed with the way his stuff has played. And then the, the final guy that maybe I should have put in the rotation conversation is Josh Tomlin, because Josh Tomlin... Has had one bad outing, and other than that, he's looked really, really good, and been really impressive. And of course, he's been a starting pitcher with the Indians. He spent a good chunk of January at Driveline, which is a, a kind of a pitcher, a pitcher clinic, if you will. It's a it's it's a place that guys go in the Northwest. Trevor Bauer of the Cleveland Indians is big with it, where they. They feed you a ton of sabermetric stuff, they a ton of information, ton of things about your spin rate and what your pitches do. And then they also do some maybe what would have been considered unorthodox stuff years ago on building up arm strength and mechanic work and everything else. And Josh Tomlin spent some time there in January and kind of retooled himself a little bit. And, and his stuff has looked good so far this spring. And I put him kind of in, in, in the bullpen mix as a swing guy that could – start games for you but he also could be a long guy out of the bullpen Uh, don't know if he makes this club coming out of camp hard to tell but um, I I think he's an interesting name and he's been an interesting guy to watch so far this spring so there's a lot of names in the mix there not all those guys are going to break with the Brewers uh, at the end of spring training which is by the way the Brewers break Phoenix and head to Montreal in a week and a half Um, this is getting close now for the Brewers, and more cuts will be coming. There were cuts made earlier this week. Pretty typical stuff. A lot of the minor leaguers that were in camp sent back to minor league camp, um, but nothing major yet with some of those interesting names that I just talked about. All right, let's jump into it. Keston Hira has had a really impressive spring. We've seen some power from him so far. I had a chance to catch up with him earlier this week. Time to catch up with the crew. Keston, Hira is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. Uh, this has been a fun experience for you. You had a chance to, to be in camp uh, for a, for a good chunk of last year as well. Uh, what have you learned about yourself from the end of the regular season last year and now through big league camp so far this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, looking back on last year, um, there's a lot of positives and uh, things to take away from you know that season, uh, but also more so learning about myself as a player um, and how to take care of my body, how to prepare myself to play the next day, um, understanding that there's many games to be played, many more at to have, uh, many more plays to be made on defense. Um, so I think kind of just learning everything about myself. Um I mean, you think you've been playing baseball for so long that there, you haven't figured out at times, but no, it, it, there's still so much to be learned, and um, I think that's what I – mainly took out from last season um but then you know once season ended uh headed to the fall league um was able to play 20 something games there and get a lot of more reps on defense uh, a lot more at bats and um i think that was a, a big uh big moment as well where you know i kind of felt more comfortable where uh playing at a higher level with you know a bunch of top prospects in that league and um definitely a lot of major league arms in that in that league as well so uh, just learning and being able to you know realize you know you can hang with it uh, type of talent that that helped as well
0: this is maybe a little bit of a deep question but when you make the transition from UC Irvine to professional baseball is there an adjustment in how you learn too because uh, to, to some degree when you're as talented as you are learning's probably somewhat easy because the amount that you have to learn mm-hmm. to succeed may be less right mm-hmm. but when you get to this level how you learn is that is that part of the development too like understanding how to listen and how to how to take instruction
2: um, I think it's you know somewhat similar um, you know when you're a freshman in college uh, what you do is you know you learn from the older people you learn from the, the juniors the sophomores the juniors the seniors um, you know the p- players that have been there for a while that have experienced college baseball. Um, that's you know kind of who you pick your, their brands. Then you know once you do come to professional baseball, you know you're still learning. Even though you know they may be younger than you, say high school kids, but they've been in professional baseball for a few years now. Um, you know you learn from them as well. You learn from the veterans. Um, you know spring training, you learn from you know players that have a bunch of you know major league service time where. Uh, you're constantly learning by you know your peers, regardless of age, regardless of who they are. You're always learning um, in that aspect. So, in a way, that's very similar as well. But, um, you know, in the end, like uh, it's it's just you know, rewarding to be in this position with so many great players and just learning from their eyes and um, experiences.
0: You've shown a lot of power this spring, which is something that that you have in that bat, but. Is it more a byproduct of, of just good approach and, and good swings? Not really something that you're making a conscious effort at?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, for me, I'm just trying try to hit the ball as hard as I can, get a good pitch and drive it, you know, find a gap. Um, you know, if it happens to go over, it happens to go over. So I'm not looking to cha- hit home runs. Um, I haven't changed my swing to hit home runs. Um, it's more of just being able to, to drive pitches with backspin to all parts of the field
0: defensively, that's been one of the things over the last year that I know you focused a lot on, just getting yourself healthy and on the field consistently again. How do you feel in that regard? And do you feel like you've made good progress?
2: I feel really good, and um, being able to play defense pretty much the whole uh, last season, uh, that was really big for me, and then continuing that in the fall league, and then um, to here, you know, I feel really comfortable out there. You know, I'm confident in my ability to make um, every play, and um, you know, obviously there's more room to get better there's always room to get better and uh, fine-tune some things but um, definitely progressing really
0: well and happy where where I'm at right now. Do you you're the number one second base prospect according to MLB Pipeline you're the top prospect in the Brewers organization there are expectations that come with that whether whether you like it or not do you embrace that or is that one of those things you just try to kind of keep off in the peripheral and and not worry about? I've never
2: you know we're really worried about any rankings or in um, kind of status or anything like that I mean, ever since you know I was a high school player you know I wasn't highly recruited I high, wasn't um, highly looked at by Scouts um, so I think kind of just being able to experience that and then taking that into college and um, being able to do well there and um, same thing you know with all the you know draft talks and all that that never really affected uh, you know how I played how I went about my business um, you know I was always uh, a big big uh, I was really convinced that you know whatever happens happens. Um, you know everything will happen based off of how you do, how you are as a person, um, your attitude, your effort, and all that kind of thing. So, um, I
0: never really paid attention to let that really kind of affect me. Your major league debut is starting to come into focus a little bit. It's getting closer. You can probably see it to some degree. What's that like to know that that's that's getting closer? You're gaining ground on that, and and how do you kind of keep that? what it is so you can still stay in the moment day to day
2: i mean it, it's cool uh it's something you keep in the back of your mind something that really doesn't really dictate how you're playing like i said um all i can do is go out there play my best uh, regardless of where they send me or uh where i'm at so um my goal is just to whatever team i'm with play my hardest give my best effort and you know how one games. so um if that's you know, sometime this year, sometime next year, sometime in the future. It doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, as long as I'm happy with my attitude and effort, that's, that's all that matters. Do you
0: feel like you're ready, or do you feel like there's a couple more things you'd like to spend some more time on over the next couple of months to get yourself fully prepared? Um, I mean, I, I feel like I'm ready, but
2: at the same time, I feel like there's a lot more to be improved on. Um, seeing how uh, you know at this level and during spring training, how everything just comes natural, everything comes routine, everything... Um, not necessarily easy, but um, like a difficult task becomes routine for them. Yeah, second nature. Um, yeah, exactly. So uh, it's more of just, you know, building off of that and um, letting that second nature uh, develop. Um, you no, know, it's there. It's definitely there, but um, there's always, you know, room to fine-tune
0: some things. Keston, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. My thanks to Keston Hero for giving us some time on the podcast this week. He will eventually end up with the Brewers minor league side before this camp is all said and done. And then he will most likely be in San Antonio with the missions this coming spring. And I I think if if he performs well in the PCL, and the PCL typically pretty offensive laden, although the ballpark in San Antonio really plays the other way, than your typical PCL ballpark. The ballpark in San Antonio is more pitcher-friendly than hitter-friendly, but the other venues will be more hitter-friendly for Keston Hira. But if if he puts up good numbers and shows he can handle AAA pitching over the course of the first couple of months, uh, depending on needs, um, Keston Hira is going to be right on the radar, I think, by the end of the year to force himself into the Brewers' conversation. Now, the Brewers don't really have a spot for him right now. Uh, the Brewers have Mike Moustakas. He's going to play second base. It's now been confirmed. He's looked good there. Um, and Mike Moustakas is going to be the Brewers' second baseman this year. So any role for Keston Hero would be due to an unfortunate injury or as a bench piece, as a guy that can flat-out hit. So you say, hey, we need this guy during the stretch run in September to come in and pinch hit for us. I think that's probably the more likely scenarios for Keston Hero this year. And then potentially, you know, things could change, obviously, in 2020 for Keston Hira. But an interesting guy, fun to talk to, and he's going to be a big-time player for the Brewers in future years. Tom Flanagan is on the minor league side. He's the Brewers' farm director. And boy, it has been busy over there the last week or so as guys have been finally getting themselves into camp that hadn't been there yet, even though a lot of guys were early reports on the minor league side. And games start this Friday So I had a chance to talk to Tom about what this whole experience has been like with a new complex.
1: Checking in on the farm.
0: Tom Flanagan is our guest on Brewers on Tap, and uh, boy, we've talked so much about this facility american family fields of phoenix and what it means to the organization and a lot of that conversation has been centered around what it means to the major league side of the organization but maybe an even bigger upgrade in some terms for the minor league side and i know you're really excited to have this facility here not just during spring training but year-round now at, at, at at your hands.
3: No question, Lee. And that's that's the biggest thing from our end. It's really a twelve month process for us. Year round, there's at a min, at a minimum rehab players are here getting worked on and getting getting back to full health. There's two Arizona Summer League teams, there's spring training for the minor league side, obviously there's instructional league in the fall. So it's really a constant cycle and I think having a facility that's first class like this one surely is. Will be a magnet for our players. I think we've already noticed that Guys wanting to come in earlier on their own. I could, I can sense this off season we're going to have a lot more, a lot more players here voluntarily. We'll have our staff coming in to work with those players. So it's going to be a a big time plus for the, for the future Brewers as well.
0: The proximity to the major league clubhouse. Too, I mean, it became a a really common phrase that we would use. You know, across the parking lot or. Well, a guy gets cut from the big league camp. He's got to go across the lot. And that's that's no longer the case. It's going to take a little bit of getting used to for those of us on the radio. But now having everybody under one roof, kind of a central point with the weight room, and – just, and I probably opens up a lot, a lot of lines of communication. As silly as that might seem, with just a parking lot between the minor league complex and the major league side during spring training, it seems like that would break down some some barriers, so to speak.
3: I think so. I think anytime you can have a young minor league player working with a, a veteran major league player, whether it be side by side in the weight room or just crisscrossing the complex or on a practice field, there's some you know benefit there that may not be seen right off, but I think the players surely appreciate that. And I think the communication was always good at the old facility, but just being across the lot, so to speak, um, you kind of had to make a point to get over to the big league side or vice versa. And, and our major league staff comes over quite a bit, even in the old facility. But I think having the player, you know, players running into each other just more coincidentally when they're doing their work there's nothing like that kind of role modeling where they can kind of mirror the, the, the actions that they see, you know, the effort that our big league players put in you know, to get them to where they are today.
0: What was the feedback you gave to the, the group planning this um, when this was in the early stages of the things you wanted to see and how, how much have you been able to utilize some of that? I know the classroom space has been something that um, council has talked about that he, he's been surprised how much that's been used. Uh, early on,
3: yeah, we've had the, the biggest thing. I think the key word to sum everything up was space. It was we could get our work in, we certainly didn't use it as an excuse to not get work in, but it was just it took a lot more active scheduling where your day maybe got stretched out earlier, where you had. You know, not not real the best conducive meeting times. Guys come off the field, they're out there three hours in the sun, and, hey, that's the only time the meeting room's available, you're going to have English classes or you're going to have a sports psych meeting or something along those lines. Whereas now <clears throat> you can have four very productive meetings occurring simultaneously really optimize it and i think we're meeting more just because we're we're getting more out of the meetings we kind of get the guys in and out half an hour 45 minutes tops just so they're they're fresh but we can cover a number of topics but getting back to your original question i think over the years we we were always planning for a possible renovation or new facility so we, we were through that cycle several times obviously tyler barnes matt klein our people you know in the front office really did a great job you know putting this all together but um it's really got everything that you could ask for i mean there's meeting space it's it's first class in every way so we're just we're just ecstatic to, to come to work down here every day and and we'll enjoy that going forward
0: and now it's been cool because you've been able to see guys here of course, there's, uh, there were a lot of early reports, but now everybody's here. So you, you have the whole group under one roof. How many guys in camp? And what have the first few days been like with with everybody here?
3: Sure, it's it's uh, Sunday was our first you know, full squad workout on the minor league side, including rehab players. We're at about 160 players, so it's a it's an active setting for sure. Uh, keeping in mind that probably half of that group had been here since the the middle portion of February, yeah. kind of in line with the big league side. So they're to the point now where. We're pretty much having multiple inner squad games at least every other day, and then Friday will lead into our, our official start of minor league games versus outside competition. Now, on the minor league side, there's only 13 days of, of games versus outside competition, so we do things a little bit different. We ramp our, our starting pitchers up early just to protect their arms, make sure they're ramped up correctly going through you know, a progression of – of bullpens, live BPs, inner squads, and, and slowly ramp them up for for gameplay. So unlike on the big league side, where a starter may go an inning for his first outing or two, our guys are pretty much conditioned to go 45 pitches, three innings at least. Uh, their first time out, at least the starter. So a little bit different, but but uh, it's with the numbers over here and with the, with the various clubs all under. Uh, one roof so to speak it's it's needed just to get guys progressed
0: as you get ready to start placing guys because that's that's kind of the next thing after the games and that's not that far away obviously you have a pretty good idea on on most how many true decisions still still have to be made in that regard and and do guys influence that much in the spring in terms of where you actually send them
1: yeah for for
3: the most part uh, you know generally you want to target places based on where guys finished last season or finished the off season and kind of have it in mind hey this guy's likely going to this club where it's like 80 to 90% certainty obviously there's always competition so we have more players than we have jobs so there'll be that competition for those last few spots whether it be position players or certainly pitchers but you know there's always the attrition with with injuries or if a guy's not 100 percent, we may want to hold him here for a little bit before he joins a club so there's a little bit of play in the, the ultimate destination but for the most part I'd say we have a pretty firm handle you don't want to let you know like I said, 13 games dictate too much. You may want to look at more of the the process they had getting to this point, as opposed to how they fare in these 13 games. But um, generally, we have a pretty firm idea on at least double and down. Triple A is a little more in play with the, the effect of the big league club, of course. But for the most part, we're fairly set.
0: You mentioned Triple A, New City, San Antonio, and Wolf Stadium, which is, is is an older stadium, but there's been a lot of work done on the clubhouse and. And everything else that the players will touch, which I know is very important for you guys from a player development standpoint, and this is this is an exciting player development development for this organization because you're going to have a little bit more true numbers now to go off of and results to go off of with these guys, specifically the arms. Um, what have been your early impressions of, of, of this move? And also kind of exciting because there's a, there's a group of prospects that have been kind of moving their way through the Brewers organization over the last couple of years, and most of those guys look targeted to be there this year.
3: Yeah, I think I think first and foremost, I think being in that facility at Wolf Stadium, um, it's an older facility, but from our vantage point, the park factor, it probably favors pitchers, which in the PCL isn't a bad thing. There's not a lot of pitching environments in that in the, in the parks in that league. So we're looking forward to that, number one. The playing surface is great. As you mentioned, the renovations are well underway, probably wrapping up very soon to the clubhouse and batting cage, which for a minor league player and a staff, having a good clubhouse and a cage and a playing surface, those are really one, two, and three. And the travel as well should be good in that league. It's centrally, you know, central time zone, so a little easier to get guys in and out uh, to Milwaukee. So from the from the full you know, array of of things that we had to had going for us. I think it's a big time upgrade from from Colorado Springs being a Triple A affiliate last year to now being in San Antonio. And and the players on the field, it is going to be probably a younger triple A club, but very solid club. So they were they were very talented last year. I think we're going to add uh, quite a few guys from the A mix from last year into that triple A club. So it's going to be a prospect laden team. A lot of the guys you see in big league camp that don't make our big league club are certainly going to get the lion's share of the playing time there. So it should be a fun one fun one to follow.
0: It's always fun early on in spring training too on the major league side to see those guys that have come down to camp early on the minor league side get called over and get those opportunities. Some guys of course are in camp as non-roster invites. Other guys just get called over occasionally. Guys like Bryce Terang who was able to, to get back into the action on Monday but you know Bryce Terang doesn't and he shouldn't doesn't look like a major league player yet he he's uh, a, a year ago he was in high school so physically you can tell there's a, there's a ways to go there but when you watch him he b- believes he belongs he moves like he belongs that's a guy that has a lot of baseball instinct, it seems like.
3: Absolutely, yeah. He, he, he's kind of got that it factor where yeah. I don't think he gets too rattled. Certainly these guys get excited going over there, but we stress to them that they've earned the opportunity to go over just through what got them here, but it's mainly just to supplement the major league club on the one hand but also give them that experience where they can take it into the season, whether it's in rookie ball, A ball, you know, or triple A. So I think it's a great – great opportunity for these guys a lot of times they go over may not even get in that bad they may come in for defense they may not get in at all this year I think the guys have gotten in quite a bit especially the position players but I think it's something that it's another feather in their cap where they can build on that whether it be you know sitting on the bench for 9 innings in a spring training game just talking to teammates listening to the coaches probably more listening than than talking at, at some of those ages like Bryce but but now he's he's representing himself very well over there and and the guys certainly get excited going over there but they know that they have a lot of work to do to, to before they can permanently remain over there
0: how excited are you for a guy like Tyrone Taylor you you've watched him go from prospect to kind of falling off the map so to speak and now right back squarely in the mix again and and he has really turned a lot of heads this spring
3: yeah he's a he's a real I always say he's a really easy guy to work uh, to root for because he works so hard he just he came on he was a higher pick out of high school and he's always worked you know he's ran through some injury issues but now he's you know he's been further and further away from the injuries he had and he's turned himself into a really good player so definitely uh we, we pull for all the guys on the minor league side we all we all want him to do well but he's especially easy to root for just the way he goes about his business and and seeing him kind of battle that adversity and seem seemingly overcome it and now he's he's right on the cusp where you know he's going to break through at some point here in, in 2019.
0: Tom we appreciate it thanks so much for spending some time with us. Sounds good thanks Lane. Here's what's
1: on tap
0: as we take a look at what's on tap opening weekend just around the corner brewers and cardinals thursday march 28th that's opening day the series a four game series stretches through sunday the 31st and of course thursday opening day friday is student night at 7:10 on the 29th high school and college students can get tickets for as low as ten dollars plus enjoy a special four dollar menu then saturday the 30th that's cabin fever theme night that game's a 6-10 start. That's a Brewers flannel shirt with special ticket package. And then Sunday, the 31st, that is a 1-10 start. And you know a lot of you have this circle that's one of the cool early promotions, the Jesus Aguilar bobblehead. That's, uh, all fans will get that, courtesy of ESPN Milwaukee. So to lock in your seats for opening weekend at Miller Park, head to brewers.com slash tickets today. That is going to do it for us in episode number 143 of Brewers on Tap. We are having fun down here at spring training, but we are getting excited The opening day is just around the corner. Have a great one, everybody. I'm Lane Grindle.
1: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best